Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo as always. And the second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. And to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And the best part, it's free to play. DraftKings pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $10,000 in total prizes every day of the hockey and basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, hanging out a couple days up up north, uh, you know, at the cottage. That was good. And then, uh, you know, playoffs in full swing. So we're watching lots of that. And then the uh, Euro start next week or this week, so looking forward to that as well. What have you been up to? Uh, not, not much. Just kind of trying to bear with the heat in New York right now. It's, yeah, it looks I, like you're and, sweating buckets right now. Yeah, my, my dumbass refuses to turn on his air conditioning because I don't want to pay for it. Um, and, yeah, I'm paying the price, like, figuratively. So, yeah, I mean – yeah, might want to turn it on at some point, but yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you just commit to uh, ideologies and you can't really change them, such that Connor Hellebuck is an overrated goaltender. Well, it's debatable. No, it, no, it isn't. It's just wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, you know, with the Panthers being eliminated, but still lots going on in hockey and around the league and still some, some Panthers related stuff going on. Uh, but kind of the big, of like the big thing in the news this week for, from the NHL uh, was the hit at the end of the game one between the Habs and the Jets. Uh, Jake Evans just getting demolished by Mark Shifley. Shifley gets four games to the play. What did you think of the hit, and what did you think of the punishment? Um, okay, so first of all, the hit. I was kind of confused with the terminology of charging because, to me, he glided for quite a bit. 
that's not that's not but you can glide and have it be a charge right i i just thought it was more of a hit just a hit to the head um because he does make significant contact with with the with with jake evans head there's a picture out there with like he's like checking him and like evans head is like literally like 180 degrees i don't know if you saw that one yeah but it it was just scary so the fact that he didn't make a play on the puck i think is is what hurt him and it was evident that he didn't even try. So yeah, if he really so, tried, he probably could have got the puck. It was just unnecessary. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's a little weird because it's it's one of those plays like it's not the dirtiest hit you, you'll ever see, right? Like it is a charge because he comes in like he glides into it, but he comes in with a lot of speed. So and you're coming over a long distance, so it's it's a charge. But. To me, like, it's not overly dirty. It's more just dangerous and intentional and avoidable. Exactly. I, I think that's the, 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 the big word is it's avoidable. And, yeah. you know, that's – we're trying to get cheap shots out of hockey. So, I respect, I respect the suspension. I personally did not think he was going to get any more than three. But I – Department of Player Safety came down hard, and I couldn't help but compare the situation to the Matt Niskanen incident in the bubble with Montreal last season on the cross-check on Gallagher. Do you remember that? Montreal was, like, really, really outspoken outspoken at the time, right? Like, this guy needs to be suspended for the rest of the series. Niskanen only gets one. Montreal was very, very upset with that. Uh, I remember they, they – something that teams never do is Montreal on the Twitter account actually, like, showed the video of the incident um, with Niskanen. And this time you got a sense from, like, the players and just the team in general that they were going to just let – NHL Department of Player Safety handle it and just accept the results no matter what. Um, and yeah, except for the little caveat where I think it was Edmondson who said, like, we're going to make his life miserable. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, Ducharme like kind of elaborated on that the next day during his press conference and kind of just like, as in like, they're just going to be in his face at all times, which makes to me, I'm fine with the player saying that. He's not saying we're going to kill him. Like, he's not saying. No, no. It's like, you, yeah, you can make a player's life miserable in a very clean way. Like, exactly. And you see what, you know, players can get away with in the playoffs. Like, you could, that could just mean every time he's in the vicinity, it's a cross check. And yeah, and that's just playoff hockey. Um, I think that if Shifley comes back in the series, he's probably gonna have to fight someone um that's just we'll see how that's handled we'll see where where the series is at he's slated to come back for game six if there's a game six it's it'll be interesting to see how it's handled on the ice yeah like i yeah i i have no issues with the the four game suspension right with the only thing being is like you'd maybe be a bit concerned for Mark Scheifele if he gets back into the series about how that's going. Like we saw, you know, with uh, Washington and the Rangers earlier this year and, you know, next game, Tom Wilson's in the lineup and that was just a gong show. 
absolute gong trail. And so you would imagine there would be a similar type of response with when, you know, or if Shifley gets back into the series. Um, but yeah, I think four games, like four, like it's just like, it doesn't sound like a lot because it's only four games, but like for the NHL playoffs, like that is a long suspension. For, especially in the second round of the playoffs. In the second round of the playoffs, so it's the equivalent of like between like six or eight regular season games, I think is what they weigh it at. I mean, I immediately thought it was like eight to ten, to be honest. Yeah, like it, it's it's that equivalent of length and suspension, which is huge for a first time offender. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like Mark Shifley, like is not known for for making plays like that, and. I mean, all game, he looked super angry and frustrated. He looks like – so, like, you, you, that very clearly seems like intent on the on the play. The, yeah, there was a lot of people on, on Twitter. There, were, there was a picture circulating of his eyes at one point in the game. And dude just looks like he, – he looks like he's on something, to be honest. But, I, I mean, I didn't think he was. I think that's just, like – the way he plays that's just the way he looks like, yeah i think that's just the way he looks and, and it, like, but, people are saying like oh you got to drug test this guy this and that and i'm like just like that's his eyes on one play is not an indicator of something necessarily yeah like he's just dialed in and he's frustrated you know game one didn't didn't go the way they wanted neither did you know game two without him but like overall like i think it was was handled fairly well all things considered you know we've had a lot of you know issues with like player safety but like i think for the most part like, yeah we're rare win for nhl department of players yeah safety, I, I would say that's like a, <clears throat> a rare one where they they got it pretty pretty close to you know what, what you'd hope to see and obviously hopefully you know jake evans is okay because that is huge collision huge hit to take i mean it, it, i was so i went to the yankees game that night and all i got was like a text from my dad saying like trifle just had like a massive cheap shot on evans and evans was taken out on on a stretcher and i didn't see the play till i got back home that night and it was just kind of sickening to see like evans on the ice like that yeah, it, I mean, you never want to see a guy laying on the ice terrifying. like that. And you watch, like, you know, I didn't watch it that much because, you know, it's not fun to watch. But, you like, you watch it, like, it doesn't look, you know, in slow speed, it's bad. But you watch it, like, it, you know, in real time at real speed, like, that hit happens at such a high speed. It's so dangerous with him coming around the net. Um, and Shifley I was, is much bigger than Evans. He's not that big. He's not he, really. Evans is tiny. I'll be good. I mean, I, for some reason, I thought he was like way bigger. Shifley is, let's see, DB. Six three on hockey DB. He's listed two oh seven. He's listed six three two oh seven. Okay, he is big. Yeah. Yeah, like that. that like that's a big collision. Yeah. Oh, there's a Jake Evans from St. Catharines, Ontario. Uh, let's see. And then Jake Evans is six foot 183. So 
He's like it's not a huge, size. not a huge difference. I, I thought, I thought Evans was maybe a bit smaller than that, but not a huge difference, but still top 25 pounds. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, it's not a good play. And you know, we'll see. And then it's such a big impact on that series too. I mean, that series kind of is just two teams playing for the privilege to get stomped by either Colorado or Vegas. Yeah, just privileged to play in the U.S. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't. Did you watch that second game? Game two. Yeah. Uh, no, I did not. I I was up it, north, no service. Let me tell you, it must have been like it was an absolute snooze fest. One of the like worst playoff games I've seen in a while, which is boring. But then it was followed by like a pretty good game. I pretty good is an understatement that vegas colorado series it's every unreal. every year there's one series that we label as the cup before the cup it's and that series. undoubtedly it's it's colorado vegas the it feels like you're watching two different leagues like going from the montreal winnipeg game to the colorado vegas game it's so so much faster it's just faster more physical they're just bad it's it's insane you know, I like I was watching the condensed from game two. And I was like, how are guys like even keeping up with a play? I don't even understand how it can possibly go this fast. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And really, like every like all the American teams that are still up in it, they all play that style of hockey, with the exception of maybe the Islanders, because they just play super structure. I, the Islanders are a complete enigma. Somehow they're tied 2-2 in the series. I like, every, I, every year, I, every year they do it. It's, I said this last episode, just can't bet against Barry Trotz. No, you can't. You can't. He's too good. But yeah, it's so. Um, but yeah, that Vegas Colorado series is impressive. Vegas got it, gets a huge, huge win in game three. Well, and it deserve like deserve to like the game yes. two and three. They were very, very good. Yes. So, one, and I think Benar Benar said that he said like in the last five periods that we've played is we've been dominated. Yeah. Um, that that first period of game three was completely Vegas. Yeah. I think Colorado got three shots. They got a really nice look because those high. Uh, like high-end talents that they have on the first line, you know, will always be able to produce something. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they'll always find a way. And then, and then you just can't give them a power play. No, can't you can't do it. It's it's similar. It's just like playing Tampa, like when Panthers playing Tampa, you can't give yeah. Tampa the power play. You can't. It's and this is teams playoff teams excel because well, good playoff teams excel thanks to those special teams that have power play so yeah i mean and you know playoffs usually there's less you know less stuff called but when you get the calls you got to make them count yeah and, and the good I, teams do I, and that's I like that, that was one of the big issues for for the panthers against the did Lightning. You, did you see the riley smith call in game two in overtime yeah yeah i did what was it? i heard it was weak I don't. I don't even know what happened. It was like in the first minute of overtime. It was like a slasher of something or something. Okay. Yeah. So it it just seems like 
referees are, are kind of they, they really like to to make calls when it's like least convenient for for a specific team or something. It's yeah. it's, it's just, just a, it, it's wildly inconsistent. Exactly. It's, right? There's like, no, no other way around it. I mean, a like perfect example. I don't know if you watched it last night. Uh, Brady Shea, Carolina Hurricanes, high sticks Kucherov, right? Gets him in the head. Play stops. He skates oh. over the penalty box. Oh, I did see. I, and, I and did then, see And then this. the refs are like, no, like, get out. You didn't get a penalty. Like, and then Cooper, how- Cooper is at the door. Losing his absolute shit over this because it was a clear high stick. Well, it's a clear high stick. And the fact that Brady shit, like, didn't even, like, argue. He went right to the box. Un- no, like, there was no penalty. He went to the box. That is an admission of guilt. Like, really, really bad look on the referees there. Yeah, just brutal. But, you know, it's always been like that. So, I guess it'll remain that way but i mean there's no like real like solution because you don't want to see them call every single penalty that's happening but you don't want them not to call anything and it's like there will truly never be that balance i think oh i just think it's the thing for me is like i don't care if you're gonna let stuff go let it go if you're gonna call everything call everything like it's just the lack of consistency where it's They'll call something in the third period. It wasn't it wasn't a penalty in the first. Yeah, and and it's like if you're gonna call it there, you gotta call it there. I feel like sometimes refs and this is, this is kind of going back to what was his name Tim Peel, right? Yeah. That incident is sometimes referees have their kind of own personal agenda where they want to set the tone, and it's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily unbiased yeah like you you ref hockey like, yeah do you, how, how did you officiate games so i tried to be as impartial as possible but like you got to take into account so many factors you don't want to get killed either like it's it's tough it, it's really tough but i and this is not a great mentality, but I, I would go into games kind of, you know, like unless one team is is way, way more aggressive than the other, try and call it both sides and try and make it even, you know, like same number of penalties on each side. Yeah. See, which which is not which is not which is not, not a bias. Yeah. To me, like, so I, I used to ref soccer. And the way I did it is before the game, I'd always tell the coaches, like, I'm, like, I'm going to let them play for the most part. So, again, like, these aren't, like, little kids either, so I don't really care. They don't really care. But I'm, like, I'm going to let them play for the most part. Unless something's, like, very, very blatantly a foul, I'm probably not going to call it. And then I do that, and then I won't be biased unless – some of the parents on a team are just like assholes, then I'll be biased against them. But I'll go in non-biased and then it's up to the parents. Yeah. And in hockey, my concern was always like, if I let them play, I got to draw the line somewhere because I don't want to lose control of the game. 
Yeah, I feel like that, that's happened a few times already in the series in the in these playoffs. Yeah, like the the two ways like you can approach it are you you let them play and you risk it getting at a hand, or you set the tone early, and that's just and but then you have to stick with that all game. Yeah, it was like game seven of Toronto Montreal. Montreal got a power play because Caulfield got like held. I don't know if you remember, but like yeah. that was in the second period. Like five minutes before that, Eric Stahl literally clotheslined. I think it was like Mikheyev and no penalty. I was yeah. like, well, like you're calling a pretty weak call like on Caulfield. It's it's hard to see it. Yeah, it's just well, and that was the thing too. Like we were, you know, Panthers Lightning series, and it was just you hadn't the entire series, great series, tough result, but the entire series, like you just had no clue what was going to be called and what wasn't. Like you'd see something happen, be like, oh, surely that's a penalty, like, and then nothing, and then they'll call something, and it's like, oh, that's kind of borderline. Like you had no clue. Uh, at any given play, what's going to result in a penalty or not. Exactly. And, I mean, there there are some players, I feel, that can do whatever the hell they want, and there will never be repercussions. I'm really thinking of, I mean, um, Ryan McDonough and Eric Cernock. I was going to say those are the two. McDonough can literally do whatever the fuck he wants. He can cross check. He can trivia and do whatever, and he just doesn't get penalties. It's I don't get it. I don't get how how he does it. They just and refuse they, to call it. Yeah, you can see like Cernok started playing that that way, and it's it's working. So I don't know if the refs just want Tampa to advance or or what, but the, there's there seems to be such a huge double standard in terms of just which players get penalties too. Yeah, like different players, and it's it's very frustrating. Um, but you know, what what are we gonna do about it? Just keep complaining until eventually, maybe there's something changed. Like, it's just it is it just ruins the fun of the game. You know, like it. You, you know, you want you know games to be good and fast and you know fair, but when the officiating's as bad as it is. It's just, it's not possible. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, I don't. I there's there's no there's no real answer though. Like there's. What's well, the thing? Like it's it's a problem. Everyone realizes the officiating is a problem. I don't have a solution. Exactly, and it's, right, like it's I a can't process. just be like. Yeah, and for those things, like I think a lot of people agree, like it is a problem. It is bad, but there isn't one like really good solution of a way to fix it at this point. There isn't. And there that's, isn't. you're absolutely correct. Um, it's, it's tough, but all we can do is kind of enjoy the game as fans and not let the refs get too involved. But I will say this, there is increased accountability on the refs because now crowds can chant at them. And we can get the refs you stuck chant going. And I don't think referees love that. No, here's the thing though. Like, so let's say, you know, they're in your building, the refs make a bad call, whatever. 
fans are yelling, you know, ref, you suck. It's probably not going to help you get the next call. I disagree. I really, because how many times have you heard a refs you suck chant for something that shouldn't have been a penalty? Like most of the time it's pretty warranted. Like granted there's a few exceptions where it's just a clean hit and it's just a big hit. No, most of the, most of the time they are penalties. Like that should so have been called or stuff that gets missed. Referees do this a lot. They make up calls. Right? They miss a penalty and then they they Yeah, I guess that over, is true. They get over I'm trying to find the, the, the correct word to kind of express what I want to say. Um, over strict, overly strict on the next call because they're trying to make up for the one they missed like two minutes ago. Yeah, or if they called something that was weak, the next call will be weak on the other team. Exactly, exactly. That type of thing. I just think like if I, if I was a ref and like I don't need – you know, 18,000 people that tell me, like, I made a bad call. Like, I'll know if I made a bad call. But them telling me I suck probably makes me want, like, to call another one against them. Out of spite. Mm-hmm. Like, could go either way. Uh, but either way, we'll, we'll move on here because we do have a couple Panthers things to talk about. Uh, number one, World Hockey Championships, which uh, – no one seems to be paying, you know, no one really pays attention to the world championships uh, ever. And yeah. even less, less so this year because, you know, the playoffs have been good. And uh, some it, of the, it's, a, it's in Europe. So the times are weird. And yeah. The teams aren't that good. But today we have uh, final Canada, Finland, Canada. I don't know how they've made it this far. Because they looked so bad at the start of the tournament. They were they started the tournament 0-3, right? Lost yeah. to Germany and Latvia. Germany, like, Latvia, and the US. Like, yeah, like and somehow they're in the final, which is just crazy. It's not not a good team. Um, and then Anton Lundell, who's been pretty much the guy for Team Finland, just having an excellent tournament. Uh, and potentially could be taking home home a gold medal today. We'll find out. We, we will. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. I think, yeah, U.S. won bronze over Germany earlier today. Yeah, 6-1. Um, yeah, so, I mean, good for them. Uh, you know, Russia will always disappoint in tournaments. Uh, but All the time. Credit to Canada for beating them in overtime. That was I, – I was having this talk with uh, Jacob Barker – a recurring guest on our podcast. Um, or no, I was with Jared Shea. Jared Shea. Uh, Who's another been on. recurring guest. Uh, yeah. um, is Troy Stetcher the greatest hockey player to have ever worn the Canadian jersey? Well, he's up there. He's up there. Like, like if, if you were doing after like- that move in overtime against Russia, I was just like, whoa. I mean, if you're doing like a Mount Rushmore of like greatest Canadian international players, you have Crosby because golden goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm discounting everything before 1999. I wasn't alive, so it doesn't count. Okay, me neither. But, so it's Crosby. I think it's Everlay. And then I think it's Troy Stetcher. And I think you can make a case for Dion Phaneuf with that double hit. 
the double D on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, they beat Russia and then they beat the U.S. Um, and then, yeah, just Finland. But I feel like they lost in the shootout against Finland. Yeah, it's no, like they played each other. They're both good, like they're pretty even, like on on paper. Um, they're pretty similar. Uh, I'm excited just to see, you know, because you know it's gonna it's gonna be a good game. Like, you know, Canada does have some, you know, their their roster is pretty much all established NHL players, and then a couple, you know, highly yeah, prospect. So I'm excited to see, you know, one Dell matching up against them. Um, Do you so sorry I forgot what I was gonna say. No, no, it's all good. Darn it's all it. good. Um well I'll think of it soon. Oh, another thing we didn't mention, just real quick. Draft law uh draft lottery, Buffalo Sabres first first overall. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember my question. I'll I'll, I'll get to it after. Um is there is there more a uh, more Sabers thing out there, like other than this, like to get the first overall in such a weakly perceived draft? Yeah, like it's it's a weak draft, and then it's also just like a weird draft where the rankings are all messed up too. Like, even if it was a strong draft, you're still kind of going, you're still trying to think who's who goes where because you just haven't seen guys a lot. So, for, for I think both. the consensus right now is Owen Power. Well, it's, yeah, that's like the public consensus. Um, if you're the Sabres, though, like if you were the Sabres drafting first overall, who would you take? I honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, like you, you could go whoever Jack Eichel wants. I think I think Jack Eichel just wants out. I don't I don't I don't think there's a player in this draft you could select that would convince Jack Eichel to keep you know keep him around. Yeah, I mean Buffalo's got so much to figure out. Yeah, it's it's a mess. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And then Seattle and Anaheim, right? Yeah, they swapped. Yeah, which. Happy, happy for Seattle, which is cool. Um, they, the expansion draft is before the entry level draft, right? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. Is, that must be coming up like in the next couple of months. July. July, July. 21st. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, it's such a weird draft. And, like, the thing is, though, like, if you have, like, a top five pick, there's, like, a very good possibility the guy you have at number one on your list is probably there at five. Yeah. Right? Because not every team is going to have Owen Power at one. There are going to be teams that have Veneers at one or have, you know, somebody else. So there's, you know, it, it, it'll be a gong draw. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, but, hey, I mean – you know, it's another year. Taylor Hall, the team he, he plays for, wins the lottery. Yeah. I, I, 
I don't know how the guy does it. I feel it. like it's a technicality though, because he got traded. No, no, but like the team, like the team he started the season on. Like that count. Did Edmonton get the first overall when he got traded to New Jersey? Nah, no, because they made the playoffs, so they weren't even eligible, but New Jersey did. Right. And they jumped up quite a few spots. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't even the guy, remember the guy, who's the favorite guy. that year. What? I don't even remember who's favorite to get it that year. Probably Buffalo. Maybe. <laughs> it's always a safe bet. Um, Either way, I mean, Taylor Hall draft lottery. It's just it's automatic. I, this year was their 11th consecutive season not making the playoffs? Yes, I believe they're one away from the like, their record. I don't think they're fully going to get to that record. Yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs next year. I mean, it would take – it would honestly take a miracle. It would take like a – I can't even think of a comparable. I can't either. I can't. It would, it would be ridiculous if they did it. Um, you had a question, though. Were you going to ask? Yeah. Um, so, coming back to world championships – being this Canadian team demonstrate all this resiliency and make it all the way to the final, is it safe to say that Gerard Gallant's going to have an NHL job next season? Or, I mean, what, 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 where do you think he lands on that? Well, like, the, like I don't, I don't know where he lands or if he's going to go somewhere, but like, definitely deserves it. Like, his track record speaks for itself. Like, Florida did him kind of dirty. So did Vegas. Like they're, I would probably take like I would take Gerard Gallant as my head coach over like fifteen to twenty current NHL coaches. Probably. Yeah, it's to me it's just confusing that he hasn't had a job yet. Yeah, like you know he's been like I'm sure he's been you know interviewed for for a bunch of jobs and stuff, and there are a couple other good coaching candidates out there, but you have to think like. At some point, you know, I think maybe maybe it's him too. It could just be him wanting to find the right landing spot. We don't know, but there, you know, there's some you know decent looking vacancies out there that I could I could see him landing. But um, ab- like absolutely, he deserves to be an NHL head coach. Yeah, yeah and I mean the, the other thing is someone who's probably making a bigger name for himself than I thought he would on the player management side is, I mean, Roberto Luongo. Yeah. He's, he put together this Canadian team. He did. So, so it's going it's, it's to be interesting to see how he kind of progresses in that sense. Well, that's the thing. Like today's game, like Canada, Finland, you know, either way, you know, either Roberto Luongo's squad's winning or Anton Lindell's squad's winning. It's a win-win for Panthers fans. Absolutely. An absolute win-win. So I'm looking forward to that because yeah, Bobby Louie's been making some moves. It's good to see. Uh, and then last game, last piece of Panthers thing or news here. Uh, the NHL they're putting out all their you know award finalists every day. New award today. We got the Selk Trophy finalist, and for the first time in his career, Alexander Barkov does it. Um. Well deserved, just to get nominated. Here's the thing: I, I like. It honestly shocks me that he hasn't been 
like it stress me a little bit that he hasn't been a finalist before just because he, you know, he's always been a good two-way guy and regarded, you know, highly by a lot of people and really probably like gets, you know, if it weren't for guys like Bergeron, Taves, Kopitar, you know, and, and Couturier, like he probably gets, um, you know, he probably gets, you know, a finalist nomination somewhere, but last couple of years, like his defensive play slipped a little bit. And I think that was just not so much on him. It was just kind of the team around him. This year though, he was, he was a beast all season long. And I, I know we're, you know, perhaps a little biased, but he absolutely would be my pick uh, for the defensive forward of the year. And I'm trying to remember at the beginning of the season when we did our award predictions, I feel like you said Mark Stone. Yeah, I probably did. So credit credit there. Um, well, here's the thing. Like Mark Stone, like I think everyone knows, is a really good hockey player and a really good defensive player. You see all the steals, takeaways he gets. Uh, the only issue is that like wingers like almost never win this. They never win this award. No. It's always a center, right? Like I think the closest like – to winning, it would maybe have been like in his prime, Marion Hosa. And I mean, Bergeron being on a no- uh, the as a, a nominated guy for this award is just like a constant. Yeah. Like it, the sky is blue, like you know, Earth is round, whatever. And Bergeron's going to get nominated for the Selkie every year. Every year, every year, and it's like, which is like last year, like like Couturier won it last year. Last year probably wasn't Kachuria's best year defensively, but it was kind of just like a off. Oh, we've given it to Bergeron so many, like, you know, sometimes with the words, it's like, oh, like this guy just needs to win one. So we'll give it to him, even though it's not his best defensive year, just because it seems like they're trying to give it to people other than Bergeron. Yeah, which, I mean, kind of makes sense and kind of doesn't at the same time. It's, it's a bit weird, but... Um... Yeah, it's I, – I feel like this is the tro- – like, well, this is the trophy that you could have best predicted the finalists. You think so? Yeah. I feel I, like all three guys, it makes so much sense why they're in this conversation. And obviously, you, you, you assume that Bergeron's going to be in there. You said Mark Stone at the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure I said Barkov at the beginning of the season. So it could very realistically be expected that these were going to be the finalists. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously there are, you know, other players that had good years defensively. But to me, like, these guys were were the best by far. These are the guys that jump out, like, you know, on paper, so – so good for them, and hopefully, you know, Barkov can can take her home here, and you know, and hopefully, we'll find out because you know it's every day a new award. Hopefully, there there's some Panthers up for some other awards here too. Yeah, I fully expect to see Coach Q if they haven't they haven't announced Jack Adams yet, have they? They haven't announced the Jack Adams. You would have to imagine he's a finalist, and I would assume Bill Zito is going to be a finalist for Executive of the Year. Yeah, you so see, you'd have to assume those two are. Our finalists for sure. The one award I'm really curious about is the the Norris. Because that kind of seems like one that's pretty wide open right now. 
Yeah, I feel like Adam Fox tailed off and maybe didn't didn't finish as strong as as he wanted to for that. Um, yeah. I fully Hedman expect to see Hedman in there, but I expect him to see it. And then it's uh, yeah, I don't know who else you you're putting in the conversation. Like I don't Dougie Hamilton maybe had a good yeah. year. Shea Theodore had a good year. Kel McCarr has to be in there probably. It has to be right. He's ridiculous. But he is also a guy who was injured and kind of sidelined because of COVID for a while. Yeah. I'm sitting here with Jacob Barker, too, right now. He just said Morgan Riley for, for the Norris. Like uh, just, Justin Hall, man. Justin Hall, Morgan Riley, really anyone on the Leafs. <laughs> Absolutely. You could give – just give the group of them a Norris. Just make the Norris a trophy. <laughs> make it like the Jennings trophy where it's just like best combined decor. <laughs> Might as well, and then just just give it to the abs. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we'll find out with the awards in the next coming days. We guess we'll probably talk about that on the next episode. Uh, but I think that does it for this one, unless you have anything else. Uh, so we'll we'll end it there. Thank you to everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you all then. <laughs>